You're listening to Black Humboldt's second season of Black Aesthetic. And we're celebrating our love for Black arts and culture within Humboldt County. K.M. Ross, popping shots, killing things, and making stuff. Hey, hey, it's your girl, Mo. Mom artist extraordinaire. Baby, baby. Hey, y'all. It's your favorite wiggler and giggler, the flowy healer, and fluffy unicorn, Livia. Wait, 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 wait. Hey, it's Tina, the songstress who helps the youth. Rest is a form of resistance because it disrupts and pushes back against capitalism and white supremacy. The Nat Ministry. Joanna Harris, a.k.a. Aurora, is an Atlanta native and Northern California resident. She began weaving macrame jewelry in 2009 while backpacking across Central and South America. Her fiber art is greatly influenced by her time spent in the Amazons of Colombia and Ecuador, particularly among the banks of the Amazon River, and this forest can be felt in the fluidity and earthliness of her artwork. There was no one individual who taught her this elaborate art of fiber art, and her work is a reflection of all the beautiful souls that she has met and who have shared with her their gifts along the way. In the winter of 2019, Aurora expanded her repertoire and began making macrame home decor. The following summer in 2020, she gave birth to her son, Raiden Phoenix, and simultaneously the macrame brand String and Hearts. Her craft is a labor of love, intention, and devotion to harnessing chi. Her mission is to cultivate beauty and a sense of peace throughout all of the avenues of creative expression. So what's up, Aurora? What's up, Aurora? Hi, Aurora. Welcome, Aurora. Hey, how's it going? So, Aurora, Uh thanks for coming. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's great to be here. Perfect. So let's start um, with just telling us about your artistry and what you do as an artist in Humboldt County. Well, um, for starters, I do macrame. Um, Macrame is a fiber art similar to crochet, knitting, embroidery, um, except for macrame is just done with our hands. Um, and I got started about 11 years ago now um, in Central and South America backpacking. And um, I started with macrame jewelry. And just recently I've expanded into home decor and um, inter- interior decor as well. So, yeah. Wow, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it sounds like you actually started alluding um, a little bit more to what um, the details behind how you got into macrame. So um, how did you begin your artist journey? Um, and could you include where you are from and any cultural contexts of you? So like what made, the, yeah, what pretty much inspired you to get to getting involved with macrame? Um, well, so for starters, I, I'm, I'm from Atlanta, Georgia and, um, born and raised Southern girl. Um, and I've always had a passion for languages. I wanted to like communicate with people and talk to as many people as possible. And so I ended up going to college for languages. And when I finished, I had just, I just wanted to go travel. And so that propelled me to go down to Central and South America Um, It was what was closest and what I could afford. And I didn't want to just be, you know, going to museums and doing the touristy thing. I wanted to really be there and fully immerse myself in the experience. And so I started connecting with a lot of the street artisans 
and a lot of the crafters down there. And um, little by little, I started learning macrame and every single person that I would meet would just kind of like teach me a little bit of this. Uh, next person would teach me something new, something else. And um, by the time I, my trip ended, I was in Colombia and I was making necklaces and making full on pieces. Um, and so that, that, that was like pretty much what trained me. It was just a year's worth of, um, of traveling with it. And then when I came back to the States the following year, um, I got into music festivals. A friend of mine said, hey, you, you do your trade, you know, like you could totally come to these festivals and um, you could sell your jewelry tax free <laughs> and and market it to a lot of the creative community. You know, people that are dancing, people that are making a lot of their clothing, make making a lot of things in general, just a more artistic uh, lifestyle. And, um, so I started doing music festivals and that got me into dancing, <laughs> which is another, that's another segment. Um, and nice. yeah. And then I, I just, I kept doing jewelry for about 10 years until I stopped traveling. And now that I'm, now that I've been stationary and humbled, um, I've had the time to like really go deeper with my studies of the, of, of macrame and, um, really kind of take it to the next level. So that sounds so exciting. I miss music yeah. festivals so much though. I do and too. I, I know. And I, I loved buying from vendors. So that's extra exciting to hear that you were like out there selling. Mm -hmm. Um, so let's see, what are some projects that you're working on here in humble right now? Um, currently I actually just launched my website, um, stringandhearts.com. Um, I just launched my website in August. Uh, I gave birth. I had my first child in July of last year. So <laughs> congrats. Congratulations. So pregnant during the pandemic, had a baby in the pandemic and launched my business. <laughs> so it was a good year. I would say, um, what else are you going to do when you're at home all the time, you know? Uh, but, um, so that's, that's really what I've been working on. I, um, connected with a couple, a, a group of creatives and there's a couple other women here in Fortuna where I live and we've done like giveaways together on Instagram. Um, I'm planning to get, do another one. My Instagram page reached a thousand. So I'm planning to do a giveaway for that soon. Um, but other than that, I'm really just trying to build my collection and build my inventory, um, to, to a place that like, that I know will flow, you know, um, I, I was doing one of a kind pieces for 10 years. Every single thing I did was one of a kind. Um, so now I'm really experimenting more with doing collections and making, um, you know, four or five, six pieces that all have a similar vibe, same, same, but different, you know? Um, and so that's really what I'm working on. I, I, even though I may make new things daily, I, I hold on to them. I'm a hoarder of my art <laughs> and I hoard it until I'm like, okay, now's, now's the time to release it. And, um, so I'm, I'm working on putting together another collection, um, predominantly all, all cotton tapestries. Um, in the past I've done yarn, 
which is, I just love the vibrancy of the colors with the yarn and yarn comes in so many different textures as well. Um, but I, a lot of people have been really feeling the all cotton. It's like the traditional bohemian, um, uh, the traditional macrame look, I guess what you could say that a lot of people go for. Um, so that's what I've been working on. Sorry, I was going to ask, cause you mentioned your Instagram before we, like you continue to like, do you want to tell us like what it is? So people and listeners know. Yeah. yeah, my Instagram is um, string and hearts, string and hearts. It comes from the succulent string of hearts, but just a little and in there, string and hearts. Uh, it's my favorite succulent. And um, yeah, I also, I have a side project that I just started at the beginning of the year um, that is black fiber artists, that's plural, and black macrame artists. So those are my Instagram handles. I love it. I love the idea of bringing black artists together. That's like one of my things heavy on my mind right now. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And is that what that space is for? Like you just connect with similar uh, fiber artists or? Absolutely. Um, it initially started out because, you know, being in the field, I was just browsing all the artists and all the artwork that was out there. And I started seeing people that look like me and I would get so inspired. Like, Oh wow. Like she looks like me, you know, and it just feels good to see other people like you doing it. And, um, and when you type in the macrame under hashtags, it's, you know, it's pretty homogenous what you see. There's not a lot of people of color that make it to the tops of these hashtags. Um, a lot of, a lot of macrame artists that are in doing it right now are based out of Europe, um, Poland, the UK, um, but also uh, Australia, Canada, you know, and a lot of people out of Latin America, Africa, even um, that are African-American or, or of African roots or people of color, indigenous, even Latino. Um, they don't necessarily make it to the tops of the hashtags. And so, I one a friend of mine made a post like, hey, shout out, here's here's some sisters, some people of color to support. Um, and I just thought, like, why don't we have a space for for us, you know? And so I looked into it and lo and behold, the hashtag, the account, the name was available. So I just hopped on it. And um yeah, I, I kind of I before when I was doing performance art, it was common that I found myself kind of holding space for other people. So it feels very natural to be um, curating this space to ultimately the goal is just to create a platform so that to kind of like flip the hashtag or balance it out so that when you look up macrame, it's a more of a diverse feed so that um, people of color have more of a chance to be seen and their work to be praised as it should be. Yeah, I got to work those algorithms. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, that, that's a uh, good that you bring up like diversity among that hashtag. I'm interested in what you think about black artists in Humboldt County and if there's like enough opportunities or if they're paid enough when they are commissioned. Honestly, I, I can't say that I've met too many other black artists in Humboldt. Um, I think, I think Humboldt is one of those because of the marijuana industry I think in the past Humboldt's become one of those places where you can charge what you want for something and, and people don't, they don't, they just say, Oh, it's Humboldt prices, you know? 
um, this has been one of the places where I have been able to ask what I want for something and people are okay with paying it. And when I was, when I was a performer, when I was a performer, um, the team that I worked for at the Arcata Theater Lounge, the owner made sure to employ a diverse, a diverse troupe. And also, yeah, we were paid, we were paid well, um, so, but I, I, I think I have limited experience just because the numbers of African Americans or, or people of color here is so few, so few. I think you make a good point in saying that you've had a good experience, but that there's also not very many, you know, black and brown people that you're running into, which yeah. I think is kind of crazy within itself. Um, Cause even, you know, we've been doing this podcast now, this will be the second season. And it's like, I've met so many new black artists um, just in this last year. And it's like, we really aren't that exposed to one another. Right. Yeah. So I'm really, so we're trying really to change that. Yeah. I was really glad we all reached out because I think this is part of the whole bringing us all together, um, elevating our voices so that we can not only hear each other, but see each other. Um, and then support each other. Exactly. All right. So the next question, uh, what, if any, were some difficult projects that you had as a black artist in Humboldt County, if any? Um, I would say I haven't had to, haven't had really had any uh, struggles as an artist, a black artist in Humboldt. Um, if anything, my struggles have come as being a black woman in the marijuana industry. Um, I've come in t- across people not wanting me to stay there because they felt like they couldn't trust me for some random feeling or one random reason. But you know what I'm saying? It was just like never really clear <laughs> why people um, think I'm crazy when I say that's the experience. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> we know, don't worry. <laughs> you know we know saying? there doesn't have to be any, any proof. <laughs> we know when you catch yeah. the vibe, you catch the vibe. Yeah. You catch the vibe. <laughs> it's like, all right. It's probably best that I do go actually. Cause there are because there are people up here that support me. I've have found people to work with that I, that's never even a question. My my ethnicity is never even like a concern, you know? Um, so I know what it feels like to be supported and to be seen and like in spite of like race and ethnicity. Yes. I'm actually I'm glad to hear that you do still feel, you know, accepted and included in the spaces that you are in. Um, even if that means you got to create your own, you know, so that's, that's <laughs> nice to hear. Um, so how does your art inform your activism? So like, I understand that a lot of the time, sometimes you just do it because you really enjoy it, but do you feel like you're deve- like creating some sort of movement or, you know, some sort of advocacy when you do your art? Um, you know, I, I have always felt like my, my art has given me a certain personal sovereignty um, and a freedom to be able to work for myself at, when I need to. Uh, it's it's trained me how to wake up and have a disciplined schedule to get things done. I'm my own boss, you know. So the the clock's on me as far as like when I when my bills get paid, it's on everybody, right? But like as an artist, even more so, like nobody's paying. Uh, I don't have a boss. No one's paying me a check. Um, so I feel like in that regard, it's definitely trained me. And I, and I just as when I was growing up, I remember teachers would tell you, you know, like, oh, you don't want to you don't want to be an artist. 
you know, you're not going to make enough money. You should, you should go do a job that's going to make you a lot of money. Right. And um, I just think not enough people have done it to be able to eloquently point out that path for the next generations to follow. So I have always looked at it as like, I would love to be able to pass the knowledge of how to, how to make one's art into a business and, and make a living off of it. You know, I'd love to be able to pass that on to my kids, you know, or anybody that I know that wants to, to take their side craft or side passion into like something that they can either like make a side check on or even pay all their bills with, you know, pay their checks. Um, I think it's something that lacks in the education world. The education oh, yeah. system was not made for entrepreneurs, <laughs> for Back. sure. Not at all. Not at and, all. And now it's becoming, now everybody's an entrepreneur, right? But yeah. um, when what we're finding out is that it's actually a lot easier than uh, people that told us that it wasn't possible made it out to be. So, um, so I mean, I know you were talking about like um, being a minority in the cannabis industry. Um, as far as your art goes, though, have you been able to find space and opportunity as a black artist in Humboldt County? Yeah, um, I actually, one of the first people that I met when I got here, she's a massage therapist up at Health Sport, and she reached out to me, uh, not just once, she's, ever since I got here, she continually reach out, reaches out anytime she has an opportunity. Um, but she connected with me about a, a small business support group on Instagram. And so she linked me in with that. So I'm in like one that support group. And then, like I said, anytime she hears of a market, she's letting me know where the markets are at. Um, so, yeah, I feel like I feel like I have allies that are keeping me in the loop and have my best interests at heart, even though, you know, it's it, everything's so spread out here and you kind of have to have a connect sometimes, you know. Um, so it took me a couple of years, I think, to really feel that. I guess. And now, like I said, I just launched my business in August. And so I'm just now really uh, full time diving into my art. Um, and so now that I'm fully diving into my art, the support is coming. And I think people have always seen my craft, seen what I've done, um, even just like as a side passion, how I was saying. And now that I'm, I'm first pursuing it full time, I think, yeah, people are even more so like stepping up to say, hey, I saw you were posting, you were having a new collection. I, I'm saving up. I really want to buy something or, you know. So it sounds like uh, you had an ally that kind of helped bridge that disconnect between Humboldt and like people of color. <laughs> yeah. 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 So for all the allies listening, be bridges. <laughs> be, be bridges. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Build them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I kind of see your Instagram, too, as being, uh, you know, like arts and activism just mm -hmm. by you being like, I don't see enough of this and mm -hmm. doing it for yourself is like exactly how movements start. Absolutely. Yeah. And, the, you know, I, I launched the I got the, the name for Instagram or whatever for the pages. And within a week, I had a woman, a European account. Um, in the macrame community reached out to me saying, I don't think what you're doing is right. I think it's discrimination. Everybody who I post, I'm inclusive of everybody. 
And I think you're leaving people out and that's wrong. And when I went to her page, it was just like, well, where's the brown people? I still don't see them. You know, I'm scrolling, scrolling. And I'm like, maybe for her, inclusivity means like, oh, like, you know, this other fair skinned person, this other, you know, like, but, but it was never like black people or even, you know, brown people. Yeah. We've heard that so much. People pick on us all the time for creating our own safe spaces. And, and it's like the minute they're included everywhere for the minute that they're not somewhere, they think that like, it's a crime because of how hardwired they are. Yeah. Yeah. One of my friends, she said, it's okay. Even flowers need dirt to grow. (laughs) (laughs) We're here for it though. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 since I've started that space, the black fiber artists and the black macrame artists, it just feels really good. And, I reached out to, say, like 50 different people prior to posting any photos, asking them how they felt about it, if they felt that this was needed, if they felt that they would be on board with it. And every single person said, oh, my goodness, this this is wonderful. This is so great. We need this. You know, like it's something that's lacking is a way to bring us all together. And the analogy, the metaphor always comes to me of water and water. If you put it in a bucket and you throw it on the sidewalk, it's just going to, in a few hours, it's going to evaporate, evaporate. But if you put that same bucket of water into a pressure washer, it's going to break up the sidewalk. And so it's all about water and concentration, right? If we keep ourselves, we bring ourselves together, our power is, is in our numbers, right? And we have more strength as a community. And if we are dispersed, then it's harder to have that same strength, you know? And so <clears throat> I do... I do feel it's important to bring it, bring work on bringing everybody together. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, there was a need for it, right? Because you were looking for it. It reminds me of just like being a kid and, and, you know, in the nineties and before, obviously it was like, there were no black people. And so to, to be really into something that you don't see any black people doing, you know, you like think you're a weird kid or something along those lines because there's no representation. So you're saving other people too by like creating this, this image and this representation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for real. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm looking at your page and it is absolutely stunning. So thank you for this. This is fuel to my eyes. I love it. Oh, awesome. Which page are you on? I'm on black macrame artists. Oh Yeah. Yeah, And I have macrame in my house and like looking at these pieces, I'm like, oh, I need another piece. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They're so beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) There's so much talent out there. And uh, I want to say that uh, just having the experience of traveling, I I realized that there's macrame is like kind of split into two segments. There's the jewelers and then there's the, decor there's the tapestry and you know make belts and purse and that type of there's there's two different segments right and having made macrame for jewelry for 10 years and never touched a tapestry i met i made a post about some jewelry and one girl said oh my god that's macrame and i realized that they're kind of separate it's the same technique just different uh the string is different right and you're smaller larger and so um it was interesting to see, like, having learned macrame in the Spanish-speaking country, Spanish-speaking world, 
I knew it looking it up versus in Spanish, right? And so there's also another avenue of macrame to, macrame to look up if you're speaking Spanish, if you're speaking Polish, if you're speaking French, you know? So I started digging up all this stuff. I was like, wow, there's so much talent out there. And a lot of these a lot of these artists are maybe in places where they don't have the nicest cameras. They don't, they don't have like a social media consultant or, you know, somebody to help them make a website. Maybe they just have like a little smartphone and they can have their Instagram and that's, that's it. You know? So I'm, when I first got into it, I was like, this will be awesome. I'll be able to really help some of these people that have some talent that are how I was when I first started just like hanging out on the streets, selling their macrame. That's like, there's some talented artists out there, but I just don't have access to the resources. Yeah. You have all types of stuff. So do you, do you just macrame all the time and then you decide what you sell or do you like make them to order? Um, I, I've started doing, I'll do a little bit of both. Sometimes ideas come to me and I just need to make it right. But I don't have the most space right now. I also haven't just had the baby. I don't have the most time right now. Um, like I used to. So I, I make a lot of stuff to order. Um, but the collections I do, I tend to, um, I make them like one of a kind pieces with a, a select few designs that are like, I'll leave this the design in stock. Right. So that's a little, yeah, a little both. Do you have like a favorite design or, um, I guess, yeah, I guess it's design or item that you really enjoy creating, or is it something that you it just you, you just feel inspired and then you just create from there? Um, no, I just I kind of just it depends on wherever I send my imagination, it goes, and sometimes it's hard it's hard to shut it off. <laughs> sometimes it's the most inappropriate time when I'm imagine, I'm like thinking about plant hangers or like about oh, tapestry, ooh, you know, so. Um, it, my, what do I enjoy making the most? Um, lately, I, I, I've really been enjoying making these tapestries. Um, but I'm, I'm also a plant. I'm a sucker for plants. So I've been, and I'm not, I don't like to just jump into anything. I do plan it out. I do like take, to, take the time to visualize or like map it out. I have to map out the string because I hate making cuts and then it's too short or it's too long because, you know, my materials are precious. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I do a lot of like mental planning and like I want to dive deeper into plant hangers. But um, because it's so new, I don't I don't want to like disrespect it or anything. You know, I want to like study it first and then kind of gracefully go into it. Well, thank you for being here today. I super appreciate you and uh, I love your work thus far. And I've looked at your page too and I'm just like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I look at your Instagram all the time since we became friends because you pick good color schemes too. Oh, awesome. That's, oh. that's like my favorite part about it. I'm always like, those colors go really well together. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, colors. Yeah. My first business name was actually Double Rainbow Jewelry. Which I, I laugh because there's a, another woman, her name's Whitney. We're d doppelgangers if I've ever known it. Um, and she's a mother. Of, she's about to have her fifth child, um, boss woman, macrame mama. Um, and she, she, oops, sorry. 
Beyonce actually shouted out to her last year. And so that's her page. Like she blew up last year. Um, but Br Double Rainbow Design is a new woman now. And I changed mine from Double Rainbow. But I love colors. I love color therapy. Um, I love, I don't know, just the mood. You know, you can set a mood with colors. Um, and I think that's why I've hesitated doing the cotton ones up until now is because it's, it's monochrome. It's all white. And they're beautiful. They're really elegant and it's such a classic traditional look. But it, <laughs> it kind of like my mind's like, what do we do with this? Because <laughs> I'm so used to working with colors. But it's a journey. Yeah. Challenge yourself. Mm hmm. Well, thanks. Yeah, for coming. I don't know if there's anything else you want to say um, or plug yourself one last uh, time. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. Um, String and Hearts and Black Fiber Artists. For that, Fiber Artists is the general, all fiber arts. And then Black Macrame Artists is for macrame exclusively. Um, yeah, stringandhearts.com. I released a, connect, a collection last week. So. Go on and shop around. Awesome. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Cut. No, I'm just playing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a wrap. <laughs>